Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our Box Number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Welcome to another installment of Box Number Five Soul Podcast. I am your co-host Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. So let's get into updates. I will go first. I literally just came back yesterday from my vacation to New Orleans. Bitch, it was fab. Um, shout out to my sis Paige back in Baltimore. We took a our inaugural, well, not our inaugural girls shirt, but we've taken other shirts before, but this is like really our grown woman girls shirt. So we uh, went down to New Orleans for the weekend and bitch, we just had, we had a fam time. I stayed at the Intercontinental in New Orleans, honey. We were, we stayed like, we were, we stayed like right, not, we weren't in the French Quarter, but I was walking distance from the French Quarter. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, we we ate. I ate. I ate down. I drunk down. I think I had a whole bottle of wine my first bit. Like I had fun, and then shout out to Mariah Moore, executive director of the House of Sulas. So you know, I was posting up uh, being ratchet on the social medias and stuff, and I tagged that I was in New Orleans. And sis hit me up like, "Girl, you ain't reach out to me to get something to eat. Like, let's get up. Let's do something." But you know, me me being the planner that I am, I didn't have each day planned out to the T, but I knew I wanted to go out to eat. So I made reservations for each night we were there so we could go to like a fancy restaurant. So we went out the first night to this fancy Black-owned restaurant. The food was good. The music was bumping. And, you know, we, we were going to go to the French Quarter that night. Also, let me mention... This past weekend was the first weekend that they um, loosened the restrictions in New Orleans. So, bitch, it was packed. It was packed at the airport. It was packed. It was it was a, a whole bunch of people. So, we went to the French Quarter, but we had just walked through because it was literally so many people in the French Quarter with no mask on, and the bars were packed that I didn't feel like standing in the bars with all of them people. So, we breezed through. We went to this um, black gay bar called The Page, and it was a little bit more low-key. Who do we bump into? Miss motherfucking Mariah Moore. So sis saw me, and we we were, she bought drinks, and we had uh, fun. And bitch, it turned into one of the nights where we, we, we went from one club to another club to another club. Next thing I knew, it was four in the morning, and a cute little um, butch queens was frying fish and uh, fries outside of the outside of the little um, other club we went to, and I was eating a fish plate. And I was just like, this is what I came to, like, this is the stuff I like to see. I like to 
go off the unbeaten path. Like, I want to be in the Banji Cunt areas doing the Banji Cunt things. And I just had a good time. So I just have to, like, Mariah, we are going to have Mariah Moore on the show in August or September. She's currently running for city council in New Orleans. She will, and if she wins, she'll be the first trans person elected to office um, in New Orleans. So we got to support our sister. Bitch, she... Uh, the next day, so I only got like two hours of sleep because the next day I um, saw one of my friends I used to work with. Shout out to him. Shout out to my friend Armani, who's graduating from Harvard. He just happened to be in New Orleans and we got lunch. He's kind of like a little brother to me. I'm a sis hat man. Really nice, really sweet. He's graduating. He's also clerking for True Judges. I am so proud of him. Um, so I got to see him. But after that, Mariah called me up. She was like, girl, I'm outside your hotel. So she and um, uh, um, her friend Ace took, we went to the House of Tulip headquarters and she just gave me the rundown of what they do. So basically to provide housing solutions for trans folks in the New Orleans area. So she took me there and then she took us to both of the houses that they had for the girls. Bitch. When I say bitch, I would move into these houses, bitch. These houses are fab. Like, so it's like a fully remodeled, refurnished, like, house with, like, three rooms, new kitchen, island, island countertops, new, um, new, new stove, new sink, new refrigerator, bed, sheets, fab, bath, like, they, she is really doing the thing for the girls down there. Like, all of the houses she took us to were fed. I'm like, girl, can I live in here? Like, it just, it made me feel so good that, especially in the South, that these type of things exist for our community. And we have people um, really harnessing the spirit of community to give back to our community and to give our community nice things. So definitely want to, um, big up and give a shout out to our sister, friends of the show, because she told us how much she told me how much she listens to the show, how she listens every week. Give a big shout out to Mariah Moore, city council candidate, executive Hi, director. Mariah, how you doing? Um, we will have her on the show so she can talk a little bit about her life and about her candidacy. I can't wait for her to come up here and we could just have a good like thank you for showing me a good time in New Orleans this weekend. This weekend was bad, bitch. Um, I'm happy that I got to enjoy my sister. I'm happy that I got to look cunt and stroke on the side. And before before I turn it on to see you, look, to the black cis man, right? So y'all see I got my hair right. Um, it's, ro it's rose gold now. I live for it. It's very dingy cut. It's very avant-garde. Okay. Because I dyed my hair, and this is not to say that I'm clocky or I'm hard or anything, but because my hair is visible, like, it makes me more striking, which will make people get into me more, which may make people clock my seat. It is what it is, right? I don't, I'm at that point because, you know, I was walking around and it's just like, well, is she a man? Like, I know I heard the is she a man conversation, da, 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 just because, you know, I get what I get. Boom. For the men out there, when are y'all going to get to the point where you clock my tea or you find my tea, but you're going to walk up and say something to me anyway? Because, like, that, the, like, for me, 
I'm to the point in my life and my transition where I'm going to be outside. And me getting clapped or you being with your whole group, of, like that's not going to stop me from being outside. You want to see me. I'm going to be bodied out. I'm going to be titties out. I'm going to be skit. Like I'm not going back inside. So if you're clocking me because you can identify my transness and clearly leave like what you see, that's why you have to make a scene that you know my tea. Like, come over, say something, speak to me. I look good. I look kind. I'm clean. I smell nice. My makeup is done. My hair is done. My color is like, come over, like talk to me nice. Like, I don't care that you clock me. Like, I'm at the point, and I believe I said this on a show, my, my goal is to live in a world where I can get clocked and I don't be mur- I I don't get attacked or I'm not murdered. And I was able to do that this weekend for that, you know, that's my goal. But like y'all know y'all niggas know that y'all live for the tea. Y'all um, niggas know that y'all live for the tea and that you clocking is confirmation that you because it's not like you said I'm ugly after you said I was a man. It's not like you tried to attack me after you quote unquote thought I was a man. So like what's the tea? Like to me, it's more attractive that you find T and you push up on me anyway, but because you know you want to push up because you keep staring at me after you clock T. So come on, man. Come on. Like, I'm trying to give y'all the chance to rise to the occasion, but a lot of y'all talk yourselves out of some good action. And I was ready to munch bird this weekend. I was ready to be that girl this weekend, but a lot of y'all talk yourselves out of having a good time because y'all want to front for y'all friends and y'all girlfriends. And it's just like, girl, it's 2021. Can we not do that? <laughs> and the correct word is I'm trans. Yes, I'm trans. So what? Are you try- Are you trying to have or not? But other than that, I had a fab time. Like I said, I was outside. I will be outside some more this summer. And I'm living my life. I'm not hiding from nobody. I'm living my life. I'm going to be out there. Um, and I, I just had a good time. Sis, what is your update? Well, it's definitely not as glamorous, darling. I'm so excited to hear about your week and your weekend. So for me, it's just been, you know, holding it in the road, trying to make sure I'm handling some things business-wise. You know, adulting is interesting. You know, adulting comes with the shifting of responsibilities and different things at the last minute. I would like to give a shout out to my sister-in-law for um, her and my and my niece who graduated from college, Pace University. Um, we had her graduation yesterday. Um, and it was virtual and it was wonderful. And I got to talk, talk to my niece. So shout out to you, Michaela. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Um, I'm also, um, um, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting to know my sister-in-law better now. And that's a great thing. And so life is good, girl. I don't have no, no complaints. I think if I could tell myself last year where I would be right now and all of it, I, I probably would not have been able to, to call it. But my life has taken a very drastic and exciting turn. And I'm, I'm I'm excited to see where this this new chapter in my life goes, and I'll give more details as time elapses. But I'm just excited for just just living. I feel like there's a lot going on in the media. My favorite podcast. I'm a so I have to say this now. You know, not that you care because I know you don't care. But my favorite I podcast. Watched the video talking about this podcast by Kimberly um, Foster of her Harriet, like. 
the the downfall of the Joe Budden page. So I I was tertiarily interested. So I I, I gave an ad to watch the video because I did when I saw Joe Budden, I was like, oh, my sister's gonna be affected because she really likes this podcast. I'm devastated. Like I've worn his paraphernalia. So for those of you who follow on Patreon, I wear his paraphernalia on the show sometimes. Um, I, I'm I'm a really big fan. I've been a fan of the podcast for many years, and it was it, it, there's a beef on the podcast, and two of the members are gone, and I'm okay with them being gone to be honest, because it was a, some beef and some fallout. But just because I'm so funny, because as a podcast fan. You know, as a podcast fan myself, beyond being a content creator, I was angry at first that the breakup happened and that it's so much going on behind the scenes. Joe is always a controversial controversial character. And I think that's what I like about him. So I've had people ask me, what is the attraction? Like, what, what do you find so interesting about his podcast? And I think it's the unfiltered, that's really him. Like, you know how some people, they go on they go on TV and you feel like, or, or and I know that I'm that way as well, but it's admiring to see that in someone else, that she, he's being his authentic self, as toxic, as hypocritical, as whatever it is. I kind of just have to respect it. It's kind of like trade represents that piece of trade. I mean, Joe represents that piece of trade to me that you know he ain't gonna get right, but you gotta love him anyway. So that's very much what um, what I got. So to now that his podcast is now kind of imploding, I'm hoping he's able to rebound. He's got the Joe Budden Network. I am a Patreon subscriber. And I'm embarrassed to say how much I pay a month, but I am a Patreon subscriber. So I'm really hoping that the ship recorrects. I like Ison ish New Ison ish mm. For those of you who are podcast fans, you know what I'm talking about. I like them, and I hope that they do well. So, yeah, that was a biggie this week. That really struck me, because I, you know how much I'm into this podcast. Um, and no, girl, it looks like they're, it's going to be a different thing, and I don't know. But, yeah, that's my week, girl. It was interesting. It was fun. It's been relaxed. It's been changed. It's been, I got laser. I went to go see Ray. Um, yeah, so, it, I mean, you know, nothing too, too severe, but. I'm more excited about this conversation we about to have in a minute, girl. I just, I've been waiting for this all week. Excuse, excuse me. I've been waiting for this all, all week. Oh, my, my allergies are acting up too because my my nose has been stuffy all day. I'm having post-nasal drip, so girl, I'm there with you. Before we go into our main topic, we have some housekeeping. First, we didn't get to do this on that last episode, but shout out to all of our patrons who are subscribed on our Patreon page. Thank you for riding with us. Thank you for staying with us. Also, by the time we're doing some fun stuff for the summer. So by the time this episode comes out on Friday, we will have released the promotion for our box number 512 podcast book club. So what we are going to do is each month we're going to have a book for the month and we're going to have a date which will you which um i won't give the dates now go the dates will be listed on the show notes when the show comes out and they'll be listed on the promotions for our podcast but we're going to have a dedicated date where we go live exclusively on our patreon and we discuss the book we discuss um, lessons we learn from the book, different things, and we just have a conversation um, about this book. 
So the first book that we will be reading and discussing for the month of June is Bevelations. Revelation. Uh, <laughs> so make sure that you girls and guys and non-binary fan siblings that want to be a part of the Box Number Five Soft Podcast Book Club family, make sure that you go right now. I just ordered all three of my books for the summer today. We are starting June with Bevelations by Bevy Smith. We want to do some fun. We want to alternate. We want to have some light months. We want to have some heavy months. We want to have some intuitive months. So we're going to try to switch it up and keep it fun and keep it interesting. But we are starting our book club in June with the Bevelations by Bevy Smith. We're going to read it. We want to have fun. We're going to learn some life lessons. And we're going to create a community because we're not only a, a podcast that talks and has opinions we're a podcast that reads too um we read we do all of that but we're starting our book club so make sure y'all go go to amazon or go to our black um, bookstore and order these books and join us for the the book conversations that we're starting exclusively on patreon for our lover level 10 um, patrons and we'll be promoting that leading up to our book club discussion also we I or we will be launching a spinoff companion mini podcast called TS Biggie Small Small Thoughts. Uh, and this is where um, I will, go, will create little short videos just going off and running on shit, random shit that's coming to my head that I, that I just need to get off my chest. Because these videos will be a little bit raw or I'm talking about some more personal intimate stuff. You will only find these videos on Patreon if you are a level three patron. Um, so that will be launching also next month in June. It'll probably be about five or six episodes that you'll get when it launches. So stay tuned for that. But you got to go and become a, a box number five soul podcast patron so you get can get access to all this exclusive content that we're doing this summer. Also, um, we're still in development. Um, Samaya's doing her own box number five, so spinoff show. Um, details will be released at a later date. But, um, you know, we are established now. We have a foundation, so now we can spin off and do other things that augment and supplement the show. Just to give y'all guys more um, content so we can give you more size of ourselves, honey. So definitely stay tuned and stay engaged with our social media so you can be updated when we release these things and when we drop these things and as always if you're listening on apple Podcasts, make sure you review us and rate us it helps people to find our podcast it helps to promote our podcast but thank you guys for all of the support we're growing bitch we are growing yes. we're growing shout out to success shout out to success yes. i'm so excited girl yes ma'am So in keeping with our uh, interviews that we have started to do, we're bringing people from the community that are entrepreneurs, that are trailblazers, and really sharing them with our audience so they can talk about their stories, their passion about why they do what they do, and to just share a little bit of their love for the community. Any of you who listen to the show, I... I reference the show, Samaya references the show all the time, the Chasing Reality franchise. It started with Chasing Elena, 
then it expanded to Chasing Dallas. And currently um, they are on the first season of Chasing LA, which is the newest baby to the Chasing Reality franchise. But it's to me, the thing I love so much about the franchise is just the polish of it all. And we as con- we as content creators, I love seeing it's not enough just to have a plan for me. It's the execution, it's the execution and it's the management of the situation. And we are bringing on the person who is the creator, the CEO of the Chase and Reality brand, just to pick his brain and just find out a little bit more about his story. So without further ado, let's welcome Andario Abrams to the box, honey. Welcome him down to the box. I'm a five star. Hey. <laughs> How y'all doing? (laughs) We are doing great. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us and talk to us. We know that you are a very busy individual. You are in the middle of a season, another season. Well, the first season of a new franchise of your highly popular uh, reality show. So thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us and talk to us a little bit about your journey. So... I guess to just to get it started, where are you from? So I am from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised. Oh, you look, so are you a Grady baby? <laughs> no, I'm not a Grady baby. I was um, born in Wellstar, so okay, I'm a Grady okay. baby. <laughs> I still Atlanta. Shout out to yeah. that. Yeah, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, so growing, so when you were growing up, like, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Was it, did you always want to be in entertainment or? I want to say it was always in entertainment. Um, growing up, I always had a passion for computers. Anybody that had a computer or a mouse or a keyboard, I just like to play with technology. But I was never really into like the entertainment. Like I was probably a late bloomer when it came down to like the music industry, like listening to music um watching pop culture those type of things so all of that probably came when I started you know maybe like early high school but growing up it was always like you know just the stuff like computers and things like that okay so where did the so where did the idea for chasing reality come from like where did that come from so where did the idea of chasing reality so um well, I can take you all the way back. So me and this guy, his name is Yvonne Burns, who also was a producer on Chasing Atlanta for the um, the first three seasons. Um, basically, we've been friends for a while and we decided to, you know, say, well, he decided to come to me and was like, let's do a reality show. And that's how Chasing Atlanta came about. So I thought, you know, me being on like the business side, you know, getting the bachelor's in business administration, all those type of things. I thought, why not, you know, expand this brand and bring more than just, you know, the Atlanta city. Let's get other cities, let's get other things or get other shows. So I decided to create Chase and Reality. We got the name LLC and everything and we went from there. So I guess before you created, before you created Chase and Reality, in your opinion, how do you feel like the Black LGBT community had been portrayed on reality TV because and for anybody that knows, especially in the Black circles, like, if you want to do a reality show, like, Atlanta is the, the best market to do it, especially with the capital. Atlanta and Love and Hip Hop and so on. 
and Black LGBT people have been portrayed on those shows, but it hasn't been the most diverse or nuanced portrayal of us. So why was it important uh, for, uh, for you to create this platform to share with the community? It was important because, I mean, we don't have a voice outside of, um, you know, other web series that are out there, but we don't have a voice on like mainstream. Like we're always like that friend to somebody that's a cast member on Loving Hip Hop or Housewives or Basketball Wives. We don't, they don't know what we go through behind the scenes, like people that are in glam or doing hair or things like that. We want to get their stories. So that was the purpose of creating the platform. Um, sis, yeah, come on, sis. You're muted, you're muted, sis. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm muted. I do have some questions. So, um, I guess I wanted to know, did you always have the producing bug? Like, was this always, did you always envision I'm going to have this empire or was it just a reaction to the environment? And can you tell us a little bit where you always creative? Like, how do you, how does one say, hmm, let me get into reality TV? Okay. So, yeah. So back to like how, like my personal life, like, you know, how I was like always obsessed with computers and things like that. As I grew up, you know how YouTube, like when it first came out, I wanted to create content. So that's when I was like making like blogs and things like that. But, you know, I ended up taking them all down because I was just like, nobody's watching it. So when it came down to um, the reality world, meeting Kevon and, you know, him asking like, let's do a reality show, I already had in my mind, like how we're going to make this reality show work. So if we're going to get everybody together. We're going to get them all in a room, let them, you know, talk out or whatever. And we went from there. So when it comes down to like um, chasing reality, like I said, like I basically made the brand for everybody, you know, in the community to have a voice. And so um, when, you know, like how we had Chasing Dallas and everything like that come out, it was just like, okay, I have to go with it. Cause at first I only thought it was just gonna be, you know, chasing Atlanta. So, yeah. Well, that's exciting. I love to hear that there was an expansion, a gradual expansion. So um, you said, so if you don't mind me asking, how old are you now? I'm 26. 26 is young. So yes. you are already, so right out of high school, you are already thinking, I'm going to start my own production thing. Because I want to, I think it's important for our listeners to understand like that no matter where you are in life or no matter what your circumstance is, that you can, you can have a dream. And if you if you, you know, follow the action steps and continue to plot along on your path that you would gradually progress. So I'm interested to know at what age did the business really hit you though? When you're saying like when, when we started doing Chase in Atlanta or just in right. general? So now, you know, you started with YouTube and you started mm -hmm. the platform and then you realize this has to be a business now, right? Like as things start to pop off. Yeah. So mm -hmm. tell me about that. Yes. So, you know, after we finished the first season of Atlanta, again, like we're thinking this is just YouTube, but at the same time, we're giving everybody a platform. So after the first season of Chasing Atlanta, you know, Reese G was the host and Reese G messaged me and was like, let's do another city chasing Dallas. So I'm like, okay, if we're expanding this brand now, you know, we got to make sure like we got our P's and Q's together, make sure we got, you know, clearance on music and things like that. That's when everything started becoming legit. So in the beginning, it was more like, you know, it was a passion. It was a concept. We made it happen. 
but you know, when we had brought Reese on board, it was like, we got to make sure we have that business. So yeah, it probably hit mm, 2018. We started the brand. It came out in 2017. So 2018 is when we got serious. So, so I just had, I just have another uh, question. Yeah. Who taught you like how to edit and to do all of that stuff? Cause if you watch the episode, <laughs> it feels like it could be on a Bravo or, or, or on a VH1. So I actually taught myself how to edit. Um, like I said, you know, when YouTube first came out and I was being a content creator, like I had my own Windows Movie Maker and iMovie and all of those things. So as I was making like, you know, the episodes and things like that, like season one, that's when I started like, you know, getting better. Like I started learning new things for the episode. I also watch reality TV to see like how they did their content. And, you know, I learned from that. So everything I learned, like basically just by going with the flow. Going with the flow. I like that. Mm -hmm. Going with the flow. I feel like it's more of our, I feel like there are a lot of people that have gifts and dreams in them and they're waiting for this perfect situation or this perfect thing, or they're waiting for someone else to discover them. And I love that you are someone who understands that you have a vision, you have a plan, but going with the flow and allowing yourself to be flexible is important. So now right. going into the con, like going into business, you know, nothing is ever perfect. Right. So inevitably, as you begin to start on your journey, you know, you pick up these comrades along the way, people that have helped you to create the brand and grow it. But as the business expands, the structure of the business is altered and the roles need to shift. And I'm sure you've had to deal with conflict. Can you tell us a little of bit about course. what like? I mean, as you know, every business has its ups and downs. So of course, like I had to deal with conflict with my other producers, my executives on the team and everything like that. So it's been a, it's been a challenging experience. Um, you know, I lost producers, I've gained more. Um, I had to deal with, you know, camera people not showing up on time, you know, cast members in a wreck, you know, those type of things. But, you know, at the end of the day, we still have to make a show happen. So if our season is like going rocky, like it's where like, you know, producers are arguing as you've seen online, those type of things, we still have to, <laughs> we still like, I, I have to be, or, you know, like everybody that's still like, you know, not shown in the public eye, we still have to make sure we're intact. So we can make sure that, you know, our shows are good and people are still watching and our cast members are also still getting, you know, the benefit. Mm. I, mm -hmm. I would, so I would ask this because we we know the show is super popular, the storylines are popular, but also the drama behind the scenes are popular. But yeah. I know being a content creator myself and Lioness being a content creator, conflict, mm. especially in business, is necessary. Um, so, like, what's the biggest lesson um, that you learn, like um, navigating like a tumultuous time or like your business partners or even like a, a working with a difficult cast member like what's a what's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned so far i would say one of the biggest lessons is just to listen listen and understand like where they're coming from because you know everybody that you know come on the show has a purpose and when it comes down to the production teams and things like that they want something out of it so if i listen to them and you know you know that's the that's the thing it's just listening Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, 
I love that you seem to like a lot of people I've I've interviewed in the past that have executive level power or people that have um, a lot of weight on their shoulders with what they do. They tend to be very guarded individuals. And what I love about you is your countenance is just so open and mm -hmm. you seem to be someone that concerned about like keeping the mission on board. Now, let me ask you this. When you're dealing with humans now, because you're not just putting out any kind of content, you're putting out LGBT content featuring individuals that, you know, in our lives, right? Like we're individuals that necessarily don't play by the rules. That's just who we are as people. It's our coping strategy. It's the way that we survive. But you're a production company, so you have rules. Okay. And I know you are dealing with that, that tightrope sometimes of wanting to, you know, have these people around because they have their fans and they're giving you good content, but also like, this is unprofessional. Like, so can you tell us a little bit about what's it like dealing with all these big personalities from your show, um, Chasing Recap? Well, from your shows in general, all of your productions. In general, like, like every, like everybody, like on the cast and everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're right. Everybody has a big personality. So it's just like, you have to work with them in some way. Because if you want them on the show, you have to work with them in some way. Like, you know, you have those people that are late or you have those people that are just like, you know, I don't want to film with this person and things like that. There's consequences when you don't want to film or there's consequences when you decide you want to become tardy to like events and scenes and things like that. Because, you know, money is involved. Time is involved. People got to go somewhere after the filming, those type of things. So there are consequences. They do receive write-ups. They do get a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, um, violation, you know. So, yeah. You have to get people together. I understand. Yeah, to, yeah. That's the, that's the word. You got to get people together. Exactly. You got to gather the children, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Bring them all together and have them understand, like, you know, what's up? Yeah, because a business is a system at the end of the day, and we have to run the system for this to function. Exactly. <laughs> when, exactly. What, what is your sign on Dario? y'all? I'm an Aquarius. Okay, I knew it was something airy. I knew, <laughs> I knew it was, I knew it was something airy because it airs. First of all, Aquariuses in particular are very innovative. They're very trend-setting. They're very march the of their own drum. But airs collectively, so the Aquarius, the Gemini, and the Libra, they're all about balance and social harmony and just the, you know, so it makes sense that you would not only um, be the visionary for this type of reality TV for a community, but that you're able to balance and juggle all of these um, different personalities together and have them working towards a common goal. So yeah, I definitely felt that that air um, spirit on the line. Um, We're business minded people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I love like for you to be twenty six. You have the you have the energy of somebody that is well wise beyond their year. Like the fact that you're this polished and this talented at twenty six. I can't even wait to see what you're going to be at. 30, let alone 36. So I just think that is so fabulous and that's so commended and that I hope that you get um, all of your flowers because this is not to shade the other reality shows, but to me, it's all about the ex execution and 
of all of, of all of the shows that are out right now. None of them touches yours, not only because of the polish and just how it looks and how it's produced. Um, I feel like the brand has evolved to where we have, it's going to be conflict, it's going to be messy, it's going to be shady, it's a reality show. But the reason that we like to watch reality TV in general is because we like to see a story arc. We like to see it start somewhere. We like to see a little bit of tension. And we ultimately want to see that heightened tension at the reunion, but we ultimately want to see it um, resolve itself. And for us to learn something at the end of the day, feel good um, about watching it at the end of the day. I love that Amani um, is in the mix because I feel like during throughout the season, she's able to allow a lot of the cast members to release throughout the season. So they're not all attacking each other at the reunion because it's the first time they've been able to say how they really feel. So I, I just love that it started somewhere and that each season it just progressively gets better and better and better. And just yeah. as for our, for our listeners, it's okay to start somewhere. As long as you are committed to being consistent, as long as you're committed to your audience and giving your audience a good product, you can grow and you can evolve. So exactly. I kind of want to pivot because clearly this is a platform centered around um, transness and Black trans women. Um, yes. Can you talk to us a little bit, and you've had um, Lauren England, uh, trans, we've seen her transition on your show. Of course, um, our, ba- our baby T.S. Little Kendra, Ariel on Chasing Dallas, and now on Chasing LA. We have um, Jayla, and we have Alicia. Why... Why is it? Why was it important to include trans women amongst the cast of um, mostly black cis gay um, men? And to why was it important to show that dynamic on this particular show? So again, you know, with chasing reality, we're all about the community, and in the community, you have your LGB and T. So that's why it was really important to show Lauren, T.S. Little Kendra, black trans women in general on our platform because they also have a voice, they also have a voice as well. So we want to hear their story. We want to know what they're going through. We're, we even want to see their careers. Like with T.S. Lil' Kendra, we have, we see her music career. We saw that progression from season three to four. We saw that story she had, mm-hmm. um, all of that. So we have, we want to capture all of those moments. Wow. So mm-hmm. I so with the along with moments, you become a part of people's lives and people become yes. interested in these characters. And I want to know, because I so I know that when you set up your business, it's particularly for those of you who don't do content creation that are listening, you may not realize it, but it takes a lot. And it takes a lot out of you to put out something and then to have the world receive it. And because they are fans, they immediately give you feedback. Unwarranted, I didn't ask you for no feedback, feedback. And as a content creator, I've learned that we have to, we're sensitive about our shit, but we more than other content creators because the name of the game is the engagement. We Mm -hmm. have to always, we have to sometimes learn how to tolerate negative comments. So I guess my question for you is, you being the first and or, or the first to do it the way you're doing it in the genre you're doing it, I know that you get a lot of critique. And I everybody's got something to say. We've had something to say. A lot of these content creators have something to say about your content. 
How do you take in all of this information from all these different sources and not let it fuck up the magic? Well, um, you know, like with all of the comments, it can go down from like the production, from how it's filmed, from how it's edited, to even the cast. Um, some of them I take it as constructive criticism. Some of them I just take it as ignorance. Um, but I really just like ignore it. I mean, if it's there, it's there. It shows that we have like an audience that watches the show and, you know, they put their feedback in it. But honestly, most of the time I ignore it. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like I was saying before, I just get better every time. And I'm pretty sure the cast also like, you know, they know what they have to do to make themselves look better or, you know, show more of themselves. So I guess, and to that point, how then do you handle what well, it's kind of silly to say, but how would you then do you handle the backlash? Like, let's say you have an episode and after the final thing is out, either the cast themselves are on the internet bumping gums, or you'll have where there are people that are watching the show that feel a way about how you portray people. Can you usually, that's usually me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tag it and it's like, I, I, I try to keep this. And right, right, right. How, how you portray people. Can you talk a little bit about what is it like behind the scenes to face backlash for other people's behavior that you're pretty much showing, if that makes sense? Right. Even though I ignore it, it does kind of bother me a little bit because, you know, you know, like with Chase in L.A., how everybody is saying, like, you know, we have colorists, we have transphobia, we have homophobia. It does bother me a little bit, but it also shows that our community deals with this today. And it's like if we show it on reality television and there's some type of like resolve, which we'll see on Chase in L.A., um, I'm sure like people will understand that, but it's like, we have to see the negative. We have to see the bad just to get to that, you know, that resolve point. So, yeah. As a viewer, I would say I feel the same way. Although particularly, I don't think chasing, like any of the chasing reality shows has been like extremely transphobic. Like there's been some moments here and there, but chasing LA is, is taking it to a whole nother level and some of the stuff particularly miss Fran, when she when they were given what they were given it was a lot but i i have faith in the brand overall and i have watched chasing atlanta and chasing dallas enough to know that at some point there'll be a resolve even if girls are not seeing eye to eye and they'll never be friends i at least know that at the reunion, based off of the reunions that we see, I'm hoping, you know, stuff that will repair itself, that things will be able to, like, as a reviewer, I'm willing to be invested if I know that there's going to be resolve. And people need to know that there is, there there are um, problems between um, gay men and trans women and that, you know, we can be problematic. Like, like it needs to, it needs to be exposed and it hasn't, and it's part of the nuances of our communities and how we relate to each other. So I feel like this, compared to other shows, there is a care of the cast members. I think there's a little bit more tenderness of the, and I think it comes out um, because even with the problematic cast members, there is still a moment for them to be humanized. And I, and I think that's what we need to see at the end of the day, especially for our people. 
just for us right. to see each other as humans and to empathize and sympathize with one another. So I, I live. I, I really, even though it can be triggering sometimes, I'm not, not, and you know, I'll, I'll watch the episode and stand right in. I'm like, and Dario, tracing reality. <laughs> These are my opinions. I but, remember, but remember, like, even with um, season four of Atlanta, like, you, you know that special moment, you know, after that little brawl they had, you know, that little moment that one of the cast members had you when we got to the reunion all of that came out and so that was one of the questions we asked Imani like hey let's address this now so that way people will understand that us as a brand we want to understand and we want to learn like why do you feel this way or why do you feel like you have to say these transphobic homophobic comments and right. what can we do to resolve that so it's always resolution. You see it like first on that is drama and it's cattiness and it, it gets like, you know, too intense, but we make sure we bring it back around full circle so you get that resolution at the end. So let me ask you this. With the success of the show, the shows and the franchise, do you feel the pressure to go mainstream? Do I feel the pressure to go mainstream? Um, yes, at times. Do I want to go mainstream, though? Honestly, no. And the reason why I would say is this, is because, you know, for years, we've always seen the cis women, like Love & Hip Hop, Basketball Wives, those things, on TV. There hasn't been a chance yet. I don't want to be that first, you know? I feel like there needs to be another one before you bring on us. And also, it's like, you know, Chasing Reality is like its own little brand. Like, what if I made an app, you know, just to bring everybody to watch it on the app or just keep it on YouTube? I like, I honestly like where it's at right now. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think the business behind of it, what I love about being independent is that you can remain flexible. And there's all kinds of other side deals, you know. I have cash out, giving out money, and these other, you know, <laughs> collect the side checks. Because yeah. what I do understand is, is that what comes, what, what comes with mainstream comes sometimes becomes a lack of control. Because now this product is licensed, and now there are lawyers involved, and it's all of this to do the creative thing that you want. It when somebody else will take what you have, and what we do know, what they tend to do to queer art. They'll take it yeah. and then they'll whitewash it and then they'll re-put it back out. They're like, okay, chasing reality is great, but not with blacks. Let's do it another way. And the next thing you know, yeah. so I do respect you wanting to keep that control. To that point, I would like to know what is cast selection like? And I mean, because I'm looking at these, these people on this cast and I've been here in Atlanta a long time. So a lot of the people that I know, a lot of these people are people that have been here a while and you see them in the club scene in different places. So I love that. I love seeing my city represented on the Chasing Atlanta series particularly. I guess my question is, how did you select all of these diverse personalities to come together and how did you know that it will work? So, you know, with the casting process, it's not only just me, you know, we have like an additional two or three people that's typically on the production team. Um, well, with Chasing Atlanta, what we ended up doing like every season, we had a casting call. And we already know like, what we do is the people that we bring back, who can mesh with them or who would, do we feel like, you know, it may be a challenge, but they can probably work out at the end, those type of things. And we also want to showcase the people that are like, 
up and coming, not just the people that we already know and, you know, probably going to give us problems producing the show and things like that. But we like to feature that up and coming like music artists, fashion artists, stylists, those type of people. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Do you get a lot of people that come with their, because I imagine that- Especially in Atlanta. Yeah, I imagine that you have people that come and they come with a whole lot of a personality. And then- Oh, yes. (laughs) I'm sure there has to be some type of vetting process. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. because I I know that the girls are, I know the girls from the stunt. And so I guess my yeah, question. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Like my question is, how do you keep from being gagged on TV and then be like, and this person happened to have, you know, currently be on the run? Like, how do you? Keep or she's on a sex offender registry. Oh, I mean, yeah, this Miss Mama well, is a sex offender. It's like, how do you we, keep that from being a thing? We do background checks. We do, you know, searches <laughs> social media to see, like, you know, Instagram what they're really chasing if they're doing something. Um, definitely background checks like you know we get their names and when we actually get to like you know the second to last portion of the casting process where we get their IDs is when we're actually knowing like who you really are versus your stage name if you have a stage name but yeah we get all that information we make sure before we you know turn the cameras on before we sign contracts and all those things so to that point I have another follow-up additional follow-up on this topic when you are engaging with these people and then they come and you realize, okay, this is a lot going on. And this person is now coming with a substance issue or they're coming. Have you ever had to tell somebody you're too drunk, you're too drunk to record? Or, and how do you manage situations with people where it's not that we this won't be good footage, but we don't want this footage. You need to go home and figure this out and like how do you have those conversations in community because I imagine people are sensitive and for a lot of people this is important exposure so how do you how do you handle those conversations oh yeah it's a it's a lot of sensitive you know cast members that we had and still have on the show like they know in the very beginning like you know when it comes down to what we film not all scenes will be used or we will cut out things that's like irrelevant or messing up the flow of the show so they already know that firsthand. I mean, it's really nothing new to them, like in emails, in phone communications, even when we're at the scene. Um, if we have those that are drunk, like, you know, we have a few cast members that used to be like that back in the day. Um, if you just constantly keep doing it, it just shows like how you're being ignorant to us. And so, you know, what we end up doing is just let them go. Got you. Do you storyboard mm-hmm. seasons out? Do you storyboard your seasons out? Or like what I mean is there's a myth behind the scenes of reality TV that there's like a reality TV edit, right? So there's the villain yeah. edit, there's the villain edit, there's the heroine edit, there's everybody's best friend, there's the like everybody can pick out the archetype. And there is some truth to that because in all reality shows, we can pick out the messy one. We can pick out the kind one. We can pick out the blue. Is there a formula that you're looking for when you look for the season and do you edit to accommodate that formula or is it just organic? So we ask everybody, you know, for the season, like, what do they do? And what we do is we just piece that like, okay, he does music, he does music, she does music, she does this. And we just piece them all together and we see how they interact. Once we know how they interact, if they're being shady or if they like each other or whatever, 
that's how we know like, okay, so next week we need y'all to do this, you know? So it's yeah. unscripted. Like we, they have like their own real emotions, how they feel about someone or, you know, those things. But um, we don't force anybody to do anything on the platform if they don't want to do it. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's switch it up. L let's play. Let's play a few games. Okay. So, <laughs> in in a perfect world, if you were to do a chasing reality all stars, and you oh, had God. to pick five people to be from any franchise, any season to be a part of the all stars. Pick five and why. Boom. That's a good question, sis. Let's get him. <laughs> pick five. Pick five. Um, okay, so we have Atlanta, Dallas, and LA. Okay. And I guess you could include the retreat in there too. Uh, okay. <laughs> that doesn't I mean, because they already they already had their moment. They had their the retreat. They had their moment. Um Five, I would say all stars. Hmm. Um. Ooh, yeah, and it's no, shade, somebody, with this one. it's no shade. It's no shade. All in fun. This is just a this is a hypothetical, you know. Yeah. Right. 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 Um <laughs> I would definitely say um, one, I would say Oliver because Oliver gave you like a lot, like from when he stepped on the scene, even to now, like from music to performances, to going to Miami, those types of things. I'll say Oliver for one. Um, I would say, let me choose somebody from Dallas. Um, I would say, I would say George, because George was like that, you know. I knew you was gonna say George. I knew you was yeah. gonna say him. George is like that sassy, you know, classy individual. And I feel like he can probably bring something. Like you you talking about like if we all brought them in like a house or something like that, all star. Yeah. Okay. Um, third, let's see somebody from LA. LA. Um, I would say Alicia. I love Alicia. Mm. I love Alicia. Um, I feel like she would just give it to you. She would just give it to you. Um, go back to Atlanta. I would say Kendra. Definitely Kendra. We can put Kendra and Wayne together because they always together. So Kendra and Wayne. And then five. Um, maybe somebody older like Sky. Maybe Sky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we need more people. <laughs> no, no, we we just want. I think five will be that. That would be visually visually enough for the people. No, that would okay. no. That, I think I think that'll be. I, I I think that would be a good house. I definitely think George would be the villain, but mm -hmm. George has George has this like shady delusional quality to him because it's like I don't understand why they don't like me, and it's like you know you shady. Like you know, right? You yeah, know, I, I you know the sweetness behind him. Um, who would who would you say that you're the who 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 you're the most proud of from from the series? Meaning that they've taken their appearance on Chasing Reality and they've taken it and catapulted it um, to something extraordinary. Like, who's made you the most proud to be like? I have them on my show. Um, I would say, 
I would say, um, since I'll just do Atlanta since it's had four seasons, I would say Lauren. I would say Lauren because with Lauren, you, you've seen it, like, you know, from the confessionals to the scenes to today, like, she was that one, like, even though she was like, you know, the grand one and, you know, she wanted to, you know, be like, she's better than everybody. But at the same time, she had like, you know, those personal things that was going on with her. So I'm just so happy for her to like fully transition and be herself. Cause I think she was, you know, not able to show who she was early on without the show. Mm -hmm. And I will also say Kendra as well, because, you know, meeting Kendra the first time, especially in the casting call, Kendra had a purpose. Kendra was like, you know, I really want to come on here and I want to show people who I am because I don't think nobody knows who I am. My, I want my music to be bigger. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, season three, she did her part. She did what she had to do mm-hmm. and she progressed. When she got to season four, even though that fight situation, take that out the mix. Other than that, she did what she had to do. She put her music out. She put out music videos. She did what she had to do. And so I'm just happy that we was able to capture that moment. Yeah, Mama had a complete arc. She took you from there, yes. back down. I was like, okay, girl, th- this is your time. If you mm-hmm. could bring, if you could bring any bad body back from an earlier season of Invoking to Atlanta, um, who would you bring back? Um, I would say. Probably Lyric. Wow. I would bring Lyric back because, you know, we had Lyric only for two seasons. And I feel like, you know, it was it was really, like, really hard for him to adapt with the cast that we had the first couple of seasons. But I feel like as the show has, like, you know, we developed us as a production team also learned about our cast and learned that we can do other things. So, you know, make everybody comfortable and things like that. I think Lyric would be a good cast member if we decide to bring him back for season five. Speaking of the fight. Oh, I'm sorry. You had another one, sis? No, I got two, I got two more questions and then um, you can come in. Who, who is the, who's been somebody from all the cast who you think is the most misunderstood? Out of all of the cast that's misunderstood, mm-hmm. um, I would say Montel because mm. I like know. Montel. <laughs> I like him. He's a sweetheart. I like Montel too. It was just, it was just really like season three. Montel, he was everything. But I think you know, new people came in things were unable to be filmed and things like that. He just started becoming really uncomfortable with the brand and, you know, working with us. So I would say Montel. And my last question is, if you were to choose another city to franchise to, what city would you choose and why? Not saying that you're mm. doing it, we just, you know, just for the sake of conversation. You know. <laughs> Um, well, if I had to choose a city to branch off, I would say probably, probably New York. Because, mm. I mean, a lot of people have been emailing like, you know, you need to come to New York. We got a lot going on. We got this, we got that, we got this, that, that. And I know a few people up there, too. And I've been up there plenty of times. So it's just like, hmm, 
you know. Yeah, that yeah. was and you would also get the girls, you know, doing their high fashion careers and their little Yes, like, yes. Like you could be I, I and now that now that we've have expanded, it's like we'll definitely like get those people. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. I'm excited for the future. So now back to this fight. Ain't no way oh. you gonna be on here and I wasn't gonna ask. So now <laughs> From a production point of view, you have these folks, good, good folks here for this recording. You got releases. Everybody know what we're supposed to be doing in this moment. And then it pops off. I would like to know what was going through your head. Because looking at it on TV, I'm okay, beyond the cold. And you're talking about the fight with Kendra. Kendra, I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say. The fight with Kendra and Oliver and them, the fight in, I think it was, it looked like East Point. I'm not sure that's where it was, but it looked like that's where y'all We was at East Point. (laughs) (laughs) We was at East Point. I'm an Atlanta girl. I'm in Atlanta currently. Yes, I know my city. So, y'all was, (laughs) so it looks like y'all were having like a, 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 it looks like y'all were having like what would look like was supposed to be a good, respectable recording, and then it devolves. And now you're the production, and this, and this shit is in the street. What is going through your mind? <laughs> y'all saw me screaming, right? Yeah, we heard. We heard. <laughs> right. So <laughs> y'all know what was going through my mind. Like, I'm scared because I mean, like, I did not know. I really honestly, I knew that everybody had like some type of tension. But I didn't really think that, you know, it would go that far. I mean, of course, like, Hennessy was there. Tequila was there. So it was like, you know, it was about to happen. But when it got out to the street, and mind you, during that time, um, everybody on the production team was outside. I was the only one inside trying to clean up because the lady had security cameras in there. And, you know, I wanted to make sure everything was polished. But... Um, looking out the window and everything and seeing that, I was just like, oh my God, like, y'all are really like, like, y'all trying to go to jail. Like, I was just, I was just shocked. Like, I didn't think that it would go that far. But when I saw them already fighting and Kendra throwing the chair inside, I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's time to cut all things off. I mean, we all, we had conversations with the cast members that were in part of the, um, in part of the brawl and the fight. We had those conversations. We talked to them and everything. Um. Yeah. Well, it, I'll I was say it, it was drama, but it was good television. It was, it was good television. It was but. amazing television, and I just remember watching it and going, "I was think, I, I was thinking of you, though we hadn't met at the time. I was like, "Ooh, I don't mm-hmm. look up to you." <laughs> yes, yes. I, now I will say this. I will say this. When everything was like, everybody went home. We made sure everybody got in their cars, not trying to fight again or anything like that. Um, when everybody left, it was just production that was at the um, venue. And we was just chatting that. We was like, girl, we got some good footage today. We got some good footage. But at the same time, we did. <laughs> so I love that. I love that in the moment you can have that key like, <laughs> right. We, we try to have that key away from the cast members so, you know, they don't feel, you know, but we make sure everybody is good first before we have that moment. So, mm-hmm. But I know you'd be like, ass, the views finna be up. Oh, listen, listen. I'll be congratulating my camera people. I'll be like, honey, I'm glad you got this because I had to stop it somehow. I couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. I couldn't keep filming. I had, somebody had to get in and stop because we didn't have security, of course. But, you know, 
Right. And as production <laughs> in the moment, you got to be very concerned and very, but it's like, keep rolling, keep rolling. Y'all stop. <laughs> yeah. Keep rolling, stop. And, that's, and that's what I said. That's what I said. I said, y'all need to go outside. Just go outside, go outside. While I'm in here trying to clean up, just keep going, keep going. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, like that is a moment you do want to see on the show. And they want to see that, of course, because even um, when we got time to do like promotion and everything for Chase in Atlanta, um, they was like, I can't wait to see this fight and all this other stuff. Like when they was coming over here to do confessionals and interviews and they was like, can, can I please see like, you know, the fight? Can I, I want to see like Kendra, Troy and all of them. They was like, can I see the fight? I was like, mm-mm, girl, you gotta have to wait until it come out on TV. Because uh-uh. <laughs> that's a trick always. Do you allow them to go through their footage and make edits or is it very much no? You did it now, girl. Just oh, no, 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 no. Um, sometimes, um, with the exception of the fight, like, you know, when I do ask them questions on interviews, well, when I ask them interview questions, um, if they don't remember how they were at the scene, I'll play like a, a cute little 30 seconds. I won't play the whole scene out, but I'll play a cute little 30 seconds to get you back in the zone. But they watch <laughs> it um, for the first time, just like everybody else. That's mm-hmm. dope. That's dope. I guess you have to retain that kind of control. What were you about to say, Sid? Yeah. yeah, so I guess to close it out, what is next for you and what is next for the Chase and Reality brand? So next for me, um, I am, you know, I'm doing my side gig, which is like, you know, editing. Like I'm taking this all serious. So personally for me, I like to, you know, edit content for others as well. That's what I like to do. Um, for the business side, um, we do possibly have another city coming up. We do have a spinoff that is currently being filmed. And um, of course, you already know that, um, well, you hear it first because I haven't announced it publicly, but we do have season five of Chase in Atlanta that will be starting up real soon. Yeah, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, here on Box Number Five Four Podcast, Rome Black Trans Woman Talk, Chasing Atlanta is coming back. Yes. Um, (laughs) Season five five of reality show, that's usually like the iconic, legendary season. Right. And trust um, me, this season will probably blow you away because I have so many ideas. I have made so many connections during um, season four. So I'm just ready to work. I'm just waiting until, you know, it's the perfect time um, because I don't want to rush it. I want to make sure it's the perfect timing and everything because I really want this season to be that season. Season four was, but I need season five to be. So, yeah. Yes. And I guess um, my last question is, um, what is your legacy? How do you want to be remembered? How I want to be remembered? Like, I just want to, like, again, like in the very beginning of, you know, making this brand, it's just, I want to put people on. It's not about me at the end of the day. I want to make sure our community is heard at the end of the day. I want people to remember that. I want people to remember that all of these shows and producers that helped me make these shows and make all of this possible. I want them to know that we made a brand just to put our people on. If we don't be on TV anytime soon or whatever, at least we know that there is a place where you can watch our content. So yes. Let me tell you something, Andario. Having you on today has been such a pleasure because mm-hmm. one thing that is exciting is exciting to see the the energy and the the the, the verve of youth 
coupled with the business intelligence and the the gravitas of a much older man. And I just I, I just wanted to know for our listeners out there that may be looking at you as like, he's snacky. Are you single? Are you in a relationship? What's the status of Adario Abram? No, I am in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for five years. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> so what you. is that like? Really fast. This will be my last question. What is it like being uh having your partner on your side? And this is a good moment to brag on your partner. Uh-huh. Tell me about that. Well, my boyfriend has always like, you know, <laughs> my boyfriend has always been like on my side with this whole chasing chasing reality experience. Like even season one, he um is in the room, isn't he? Hi, boyfriend. He is in the room. They said, Hey. So um, <laughs> so um, you know, he's always been there for me, like, especially during times where like, you know, I'm crunching on editing and I'm stressing out or I'm getting emotional, I'm getting upset because it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that has came into this brand. And he's always been there for me. So I love him. And beneath your wings. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Brianna, I don't know about you, but I think this has been another episode. Go ahead, girl. Yeah, so but so before we um before you take it out, Andario, thank you so much for doing this. And I just want to let you know that we appreciate you. It means so much that you put so much um, effort and love into creating us because it's so important for us to see us on um, screen and for us to see new eyes. And like I said, the fact that you are so young and you are so sharp and you are so focused, I think it's a testament to like your anointing and your blessing. And I just want to encourage you to just um, keep going and keep doing it for yourself. And you don't, you don't have to go mainstream. You are already mainstream. You are already yeah. making your mark. Like the people in the community, out the community see you. So I just hope that you really feel appreciated and you um, feel loved. And I hope, I know that you have people around you that are putting their arms around you, but um, thank you. Thank you for uh, moving with community in mind. And I'm so appreciative of you coming here and sh- dropping gems and sharing wisdom. And I'm looking forward to season five of Chasing Atlanta. I cannot right. wait. I can't. All right. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. Of course. So let's take us on out of here. Well, for our listeners out there today, this has been a wonderful another episode of box number 512 podcast featuring the illustrious the wonderful the creative genius behind the chasing reality series andario abrams and we thank you guys for all of your love and your support and your patronage and we hope that going forward you continue to like follow and subscribe on all of our social media platforms and also we thank you for you being a patron and subscribing and supporting a black trans business we love you and for those of you who are interested go and check us out on patreon this has been another episode of Box Number Five to the Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talking. I am one of your co-hosts, The Lioness. And I am Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number Five to the Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye.